Hey y'all, what is up? Welcome to episode 50, Stock Talk with Josh and Luke. Luke, yep. Luke, how you doing today? Fine, you guys? Oh, I'm doing great. Fantastic, Do y'all see the camera too, or uh, I'm just kidding. I do a little bit of everything. I look at you sometimes. Also look at the people who's also watching us on YouTube. I like Listening it. to us on Spotify, Apple. Thank you all for tuning in for episode 50. So, Nico, how you doing? Pretty good. Happy to be here. Oh, you just happy to be here? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you do have a guest. You can do see that. What's going I, on, I, sir? I noticed him. Yeah. So, Luke. Yes. How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you guys? Happy Sunday. Good. I really don't know who you are, so you got to give me some background of who the man Luke is. Who am I? That's a great question. So, my name is Luke LaRue. I'm a... Round of applause for Luke, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. So, I'm a mortgage advisor and lender. Um, that's professionally. I work in Crown Point. I live in Munster. I met Nico at a... Y'all were d- d- drinking somewhere, huh? Yeah, we're drinking Regional. somewhere. Yeah, Regional. Okay. So we had a good conversation there. We got to talk politics a little bit. We got to talk finance, mm-hmm. uh, work, entrepreneurship, all that stuff. So um, I actually went to Purdue. I got a bachelor's there in entrepreneurship myself, minor communication, and I've always had a heart and a desire to like learn more about finance, investment, stocks, all that fun stuff. So growing up, I had family. I heard the static. Did you hear that? Mm-hmm. Mm. So <laughs> <laughs> no. So growing up, my parents were big in like work ethic and savings, but they weren't necessarily big into investments. They weren't yeah. really knowledgeable mm-hmm. about that. They didn't understand it. And so it probably wasn't until I was 22 or 23 where I ended up meeting a financial advisor who kind of opened my eyes to the investment side of the world. And so at that point, that's when I just started Oh, my God. That's like me and you. No, it's not. Well, kind yeah. of. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah, because how old are you guys? I started investing when I was 17. But I was 22 when I met you. 21, oh, okay. 20 I'm, I'm, years I wasn't time. a financial advisor. You kind of are. No, I'm not. <laughs> I mean, in a set, financial educator. Great. At that financial time, not, I don't think so at that time. At what? When you're 17? No, well, probably I not. 17. I mean, you're just researching things. So. Yeah. At 21, you probably are. But who cares? Who cares about us? Let's go no, back I to No, I like it. I like it. Maybe I thought I was at 21, and then I realized I'm not. But now I am, though. The static is I think, out of control. I think every year when you get older, you just realize, oh, I wasn't as knowledgeable yeah, as I exactly. once thought I was. Exactly. So. Yeah, I think that's so part I'll pro- of So I'll probably up. have yeah. another revelation like two years from now. I think we do it all the time. Yeah. All the time. Okay, anyways, continue your story. Uh, so, about me. So, yeah, so was always good work ethic, knew about savings, didn't really understand much about like our fiat currency, how our economy works, how our economic structure is. And I got introduced to a financial advisor. He kind of opened up my eyes to that side of the world. And so I was still doing my own thing, working different jobs out of college. And then it wasn't until probably a couple years ago, I ended up interviewing with a financial advising firm. Not going to give the name, but one of the things that they had told me was, hey, unless the client that you're talking to has at least $100,000 or more in liquid assets, they told me not to waste my time on the clients. Hmm. Hmm. And so that was a pivotal point for me because in my mind, I'm like, okay, my family, friends, everybody that I know, you're telling me my time is not worth it with them because they might not have those assets. And so I'm big into, yes, like how can we find ways for those who have money to help them make more money? But my heart's also in how can we educate people so that they're exposed to ideas and philosophies that maybe they've never been exposed to before. So that's one of my favorite parts of what I do professionally is because then those who go through the home buying process, I get to educate them through that and also kind of plant seeds from like an investment side. And um, so yeah, so that's what I do professionally, but yeah. Hmm. 
What do you think is like one common question someone who's looking for a house you usually ask you? Ask me? Yeah. I mean, it really depends. Each person's different right now. <laughs> right now, it's based on interest rates. So, mm-hmm. like, that's always, like, the first question is, what are rates at? Um, so, that's... Which, what are rates? I mean, it depends. There's a lot of factors that go into like, it. Like, I know the federal rate is, like, 5%, right? So, on the mortgage side, they're right around, like, high sixes, low sevens. Okay. So, I don't okay. know if you guys knew, but... Typically and historically, mortgage rates usually follow inflation. I don't know if you knew that or not. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so if you go back to, I think it was the 1970s, end of 1970s, so inflation was up to like 17, 18%. Mm-hmm. So mortgage rates then ultimately follow that because then mortgage rates were at 16, 17% themselves. I don't know if your parents ever talked about that, but they were like back in their day, their bank rates were super high. Yeah. Their mortgage rates were super high. Um, so with that being said, typically mortgage rates follow, they lag inflation. So, um, people, a lot of people just don't realize that. So when they see inflation go up or now that we're seeing inflation start to trend down, people are concerned that these interest rates on the mortgage side is going to last forever. But ultimately, if you see historically how they lag inflation, if we can see that inflation is starting to trend downwards, that means we can also assume then that mortgage rates are starting to trend downwards. So they don't follow the interest rates? People always assume that mortgage rates strictly and simply only follow the Fed rate, but that's there's so if the Fed a rate, ton of other factors. Obviously, like it, it has an influence on it, but it's not the main underlying indicator and factor that causes mortgage rates to. Okay, so what will happen if the Fed rate remains the same, but inflation goes down? So it's going to have an influence on it, but inflation will also cause typically mortgage rates to follow suit. I see, I see. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so there's a lot of other like economic factors that influence it, but that's a huge indicator. I see. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so in your opinion, the past what what was that last year, two years when the housing market kind of blew up, things of that nature. What do you see how it is going, like compared to what it was then to what it is now? Like, do you see it going down like a little bit? Is it still like a those high numbers that you was what it was like a year or two ago? What do you mean going down? What's going down? Like overall, the cost of housing. Things like that. Gotcha. Uh, so that's difficult to answer because ultimately, not difficult to answer, but there's pockets. So if you look at the COVID era, basically borrowing money was free. So anybody that was looking to borrow money, whether it was from a business side, whether it was from a mortgage side, like it was basically like governments just saying, hey, take you whatever money it. you want, you yeah. can have it. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, you put a huge amount of money into the system, and so that's ultimately how supply and demand works. Um, you had a, a large supply of money coming in, but then materials, labor, etc., wasn't meeting the flow of money. So ultimately, if productivity isn't meeting that, then you're going to have huge amounts of inflation. So that's why we saw such a high increase. But because the way fiat currency is, fiat currency, like you're not going to all of a sudden see like a def- deflation. From where we're at, because ultimately, like the way our fiat currency is, the value keeps going down, but then assets, for the most part, should, as long as inflation is somewhat stable, go up, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So that was different then. Now we're in more of a restrictive policy. And so because of that, you're starting to see then different parts of the country, you're having a, the value of homes are going down. Mm-hmm. So the best way I can explain that is it's pocket. Like there's different pockets to where you're going to see some appreciation decrease of home values, but mm-hmm. then in other areas, you're going to see it say either stagnant or increasing. Best example is this. The West Coast is seeing 
a ton of like the value of the house is decreasing five, 10, 15, 20%. Like that's normal in the West coast. So a lot of loan officers and mortgage advisors out there are struggling because it's very difficult for people to be wanting to buy a house because ultimately all the value is going down and our people are afraid to, et cetera. So you're seeing an inflow of people from California though, because of different various factors moving to Arizona. The reason why I say that, because ultimately where we are at in Northwest Indiana, we are also insulated from the amount of people from Illinois moving over to Indiana. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So because of that, we aren't here feeling the effects that maybe somebody on the West Coast is feeling simply because we are having an inflow of or an influx of people oh, moving from Illinois yeah. over here to Indiana. Yes. So those obviously have factors then based on the value of homes. So you might have, yes, interest rates are higher, but people who are moving over from Illinois, let's say these aren't actually 100% factual, but like a house, let's say it's 300000 Somebody in Illinois might be paying $12,000 in taxes. Somebody in Indiana might be paying thirty-five dollars to $4,500. Which means that person in Illinois is paying six to $700 more per month for taxes alone. Mm -hmm. In their mind, gosh, interest rates are still going up. We still have all these taxes, at least you know if you're looking back six, 12 months ago. Um, mm -hmm. So now you're having all these different people moving here. Like, hey, I can justify a higher payment because I can justify higher payment because I'm paying less in taxes. That's mm -hmm. causing our housing here, the values to continue to at least stay stagnant or go up with the different trends that's happening on the inflation side and also on the mortgage rate so side. So like those, the areas where they have a mass amount of people moving into those areas, that's where there's going to be more appreciation at. Like 100%. how you said Arizona or Florida maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, it's ultimately Indiana. how it works. So if people are leaving from an area, who's buying the homes, right? So it's like a business. If you two are running a business you have a product that people are buying, but you don't have a product that people are buying, which, which, which product might be worth more money or which brand or business is going to be worth the more money. The one that people are buying. The one that people are buying. Yeah. So same thing with real estate, depending on what people are buying or where they're buying, that's where you're going to see an appreciation of value. Mm -hmm. You don't think it had, did, what about the factor of like how fancy or expensive the house is? What about it? Like, is that going to have a, <laughs> how is that factor as far as appreciating or depreciating assets? Fancy of a house? That's kind of personal, like more so opinionated. Like, let's say person. like a basic house. It doesn't have a bunch of crazy stuff in it. That's maybe $300,000 versus like a $1.5 million house. The $1.5 million house should depreciate I mean, more, right? When you say depreciate more, so 4% on 100000 I mean percentage-wise. No, no. What I'm saying is like 4% on 100000 is $4,000, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe my math is wrong, but 4% on a million dollars is $40,000. Mm -hmm. So that percent is going to mean that there's going to be a larger decrease in value on the higher-value home simply because of... Well, I don't, mean, I don't mean dollar amount. I mean, which is one going to fall 10% and one's going to fall 20%? Those are, that's tough to answer. Okay. I mean, kind of the same thing. So if you look at... <laughs> Is there a market for the million-dollar house compared to is there a market for the $300,000 house? I if there's less people buying that million-dollar house, then yes, like those factors then could. Right. It's the same thing with like the pockets I was mentioning earlier. If Northwest Indiana is seeing a higher inflow of people coming in, then the values are going to be better mm -hmm. compared to Illinois. Mm -hmm. And it also depends with, on the area too. There's Yeah, there's, there's so many factors. factors. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. Interesting. Good questions. Okay, so when did you start investing in stocks? So that should have been about 2017. Hmm. It's about six years ago. And what first kind what of was your first thought? Caught, you your, caught your interest? Or? Um, I think it was Visa. Oh, okay. That's yeah, cool. I think it was Visa. And um, when I was younger, I was big into like Call of Duty, Blizzard stuff. So oh, I bought yeah. Activision. <laughs> okay. 
And uh, so that was, I think, my second stock I bought. And that was before I knew of ETFs, mutual mm -hmm. funds, et cetera. So, I mean, I didn't. I was, we're talking a couple hundred bucks. So, mm -hmm. did um, you, And then did you transition into the majority of it into ETFs and index funds? It split. But oh, I would split? say okay. majority probably is still towards ETFs. Okay. Okay. Because at the end of the day, like if most of my money is going into larger size businesses with larger market caps, mm -hmm. instead of me having to worry about them, I also put it into an e ETF, which will adjust every quarter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I, you know I what I'm saying that, with yeah. that? I kind of hear that too because like dealing with stocks is like it's a little bit more – like it takes more of a toll on like on the average person. It's time consuming. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it depends on what each person wants. Most people – I mean half our country doesn't even invest. So yeah, to I expect know. that people are going to become – stock pickers and be successful at it i think the biggest thing for us is how do we educate people to at least begin investing just get into the etfs or the index ones yeah, anyone so I mean, if i that. if i were somebody who just again typically if i meet somebody for the first time i'm not going to suggest hand picking a stock i'd yeah, say hey right. go invest in the s p 500 index yeah it adjusts every quarter based on market value so again like if you look back 30 years nokia might have been number one in, in voo right yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> But now fast forward 30 years, it's probably not even, it's not even part of that, but yeah. Apple is. So I couldn't have necessarily chosen that, but because of it, the way it just automatically adjusts every quarter and based on the different. Mm -hmm. um, I like that thing. Right. And one of the questions I asked on our last podcast was how easy is it to beat the, the indexes? Because <laughs> there's a lot of evidence that shows that it is, the odds are in a big way really against you when it comes to trying to beat the indexes by stock picking. So it is something really hard that I think very few people can do. But I still do it because I think that <laughs> I still think that I, I hope one day uh, that I can consistently funny. show that I can beat the S&P. Because there's been years when I've beat it and there's been years where I haven't beat it. So, you know, there hasn't been enough data yet. But well, I guess it depends on the years. I mean, if you bought tech funds from 2020 to 2021... I mean, you're beating yeah. any standard index. Things were up 60, 70%. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, it depends on what, out of the data that you have, what window of data are you looking out of mm -hmm. to determine. But I think tech stocks have probably, over the last 20 years, since tech started becoming big, they probably have outperformed, you know, most of the other Yeah, sectors. I mean, if you look at, like, the 10-year average return for, like, VGT, which is tech-based, okay. another Vanguard fund compared to VOO, I think the average is return is higher than a VOO. I wonder what the VGT I think it was like annual, what the average I think annual. the average annual was like 15%, 16%. Okay. So that's I better than VO. the 10, 9 or 10% you're going to get. Yeah. yeah, but it doesn't mean you're not going to have volatility. Yeah. You're going to have much more volatility with the tech side of things. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. What do you uh, guys think? You all go first or me? Well, I'm a stock picker. I, I mean, I think that um, if anything, I like to put like a quarter of my account. Maybe my my uh, my goal, I would say, is to get maybe a quarter of my account in an index fund, and then, you know, whatever, 75% in stock picking. But again, this is going to determine on if can I beat the indexes the next couple of years. So we'll see. I've beat it the last five years. We'll see if I can do it the next the next five years. So what did you focus on to beat the indexes? I bought this company called Tesla back in the day, and that <laughs> That's never heard of them. <laughs> that well, they're kidding. they're they're not very popular. But the, I I bought them back in the day, and that's what you know transformed my portfolio. So I'm probably not going to have another uh, two thousand percent gainer in the next five years. So what percent of your portfolio would you say is in Tesla? Right now, it's thirty five percent. That's pretty heavy. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. See, so 
What about you, Josh? I think I feel like there's a Yoda <laughs> line about this, but I think everything is needs to be about balance. Mm-hmm. You no, know, mess, messing with different type of stocks. Maybe not have 35 percent Tesla, but maybe 15 percent one company, 15 percent. No, but, but would you do primarily index funds or? I think a index? good. Well, I say 60 40. 60 in index. Yeah. No. Oh, 60 in stock picking. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good. really yeah. But I feel like we're more kind of like on the young, young, younger side, you know. Yeah. We don't have any responsibilities, so yeah. we can have like time like oh we mess up something it's still all right because it's just us that we got to deal with yeah no that's true yeah i feel like when we're younger we can take more of those risks i forgot i heard some saying the other day it said those that have less money typically make more risks to try and make more quicker of course but those who have a lot can afford to not be as risky of course if you have a million dollars four and a half percent is not too shabby if you have a thousand dollars like if you're only making four and a half percent you're not talking too much money every day (laughs) right so and then based on that you're going to make more risky investments yeah that's exactly which some might prove profitable like with your tesla choices i mean depending on when you purchased it i mean if you purchase yeah. it at the high then you're not so profitable no, but right and that's like where the concern is though people will get if you're buying it again if you're not experienced with it and you see a stock price going up what indicators are you looking at are you looking at any at any indicators are you going to get that high of oh everybody's making money how do i hop on the train and make money too but in the meantime you're buying at the high when you have seasoned seasoned investors who've been doing this for decades who are mm-hmm. going to then take advantage of that not advantage of it but they know like hey yeah, this is at yeah. an all-time high, and there's nothing really – there's no financials stating, hey, this is supported. Yeah. Then they're going to be ultimately selling when everybody else yeah. trying to pick. We're just better off buying an index fund. And I feel like even for the those very experienced investors that are looking into all these little details and fundamentals, there's some pieces of the puzzle that are so unpredictable that sometimes stocks are going to do things that even if you study it, they're going to do something out of the ordinary. You know, Especially on the tech side. Yeah, especially on the tech side with stuff like Amazon or my, my one of the one of the things I see is I don't understand how you can justify certain stocks that will trade at 60 times earnings when <laughs> other other stocks they'll say you know most stocks will trade at like let's say 20, right? 20 or 25 times earnings. So they might say okay, if it's 20 or 25 then I can see how that's justified. But stuff like Amazon, that's been trading at 50, 60 times earnings for, you know, over a decade. So it's hard to see how that's justifiable, but I mean yeah, it's like with tech, it's like tech might be like the only sector like people do justify it. Yeah. Not that it's like, again, financially, it's based off of what their future growth is going to be. Right. If you look at more of like a REIT, they're looking at what are our financials and how do you get your, like, what's your PE based on that? And that's going to be more realistic. If you see a REIT, real estate investment trust, trading at what Tesla was, which is a thousand, mm-hmm. I mean, that there's, it's unlikely because it's more of a value compared to a growth stock. And I think the thing is like, it's so much up to the the market to determine what PE do they want to put on the on the stock, right? So it's like a lot of stuff is out of your control. I mean, we're retail investors, so yeah. But a like, lot of it is. <laughs> that is. But true. like, I mean, like, um, like if Tesla, like, so Tesla has been trading at huge numbers, PEs of 100, 200, stuff like that. If it really wanted, investors can bring that down to like a 25 PE ratio. Well, and I guess it depends on. How much they're growing. Well, not only that, but I mean, how many are retail investors? How many are institutional investors? Why does that matter? Because it's not a matter of like quantity of investors. It's a matter of quantity invested. Yeah, yeah. So if there's a thousand of us, and which which each only have a thousand dollars compared to Elon Musk, who's got billions of dollars worth of stock, you're saying that's that's going to have a big influx because it's 
PE is based off of what people are buying compared to like its intrinsic value. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if you have like again like a stock that goes high as they want, ultimately if enough people believe like that GameStop. it's worth that much, let's say a game yeah, stock. same. That's exactly right. right. So like if you have one of those scenarios, and yeah, like the stock is quote unquote worth what I guess the market claims it's worth. Does it mean it's actually worth that much? No. See what I mean? That, that's I what mean, I mean. Pick one house in Northwest Indiana. If out of nowhere now, it's just a standard house that typically is worth two hundred fifty thousand. If a thousand people decide that this house is now worth more than that, what's going to happen to the value of the house? Mm -hmm. It's not going to be worth a million dollars. But mm -hmm. all financials say, if you look at other comparables, meaning other comparable properties, or in the stock case, other comparable businesses, mm -hmm. reality should say no. If you look at these other businesses, you know past performance, this this house or mm -hmm. this stock should only be worth X amount. Mm -hmm. What do you guys think? There's weird there's weird things in there though. You, I think there are certain stocks like Verizon, AT and T, Walgreens. You would think, okay, these are profitable corporations, not very risky companies. Um, they trade at super low ratio, super low multiples of seven times earnings, six times earnings, and you would think that's a great opportunity to invest. But really, I don't think it is. I think it's a trap. I think you're, you you said a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> yeah, it's a trap because it looks like it's a a great opportunity, but really, those stocks have horrible free cash flow. And they have bad balance sheets, so you're not. Yeah, getting, you have to look at those. Yeah, like just because something has a high yield, doesn't mean it's a good stock to invest in. Right, right. But for Walgreens, let's say you could have looked at that stock the last five years and said, okay, this is something I'm going to get in. Do you still have Walgreens? I just sold it. <laughs> okay, and I put that on the list for today. I okay. sold it. That's you. That's what I'm saying. Because like the conversation like came from a little bit of like. Tense anger from I could feel like yeah, I felt you get it. tense yeah, a yeah. little bit. I'm not like one of those big energy guys, but I felt it. <laughs> and I did, and I did the same thing with Verizon too. I bought into Verizon, right? You think those companies will be fine, um, but they can just keep downtrending for literally years and years. So you got to watch out. Back to the indexes. Back to the indexes, right? Yep. Index wouldn't do that. Soon. Or or focus on other things like make sure they're consistently improving their. Net income and their free cash flow. That's what I've been looking for, the consistency. That's what I'm looking for in a girlfriend, too. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's another thing. That's a good starting point. Yeah, and yeah. you can't really, yeah, that's good. Okay, like what do you it. say we start knocking out things on our list for today? You want to go with your list and my list? Ooh, They're the same Can we list. go back and forth? Oh, they are? I added yours onto mine. You, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> so what's the first thing? The first thing on the list is, is, is advanced auto parts and the car industry and those other, you know, the competitors. Wait, are, you talking about the store? Yeah. What's going on with the store? Advanced Auto Parts, um, they said their earnings are going to be down 40% this year, and the stock is down Oops. now to – the stock uh, a year or two ago, it was 200 and something dollars. Now it's 60 So the stock fell pretty big, and I'm kind of debating on buying it because the, the P ratio is the lowest it's been in the last 15 – it hasn't been this low in 15 years. So I'm considering it, but – the business is not as officially ran as AutoZone or I'm, say, I'm a big fan of AutoZone. Yeah, AutoZone has way better margins and everything. So that's why I'm like second guessing it. Hmm. What do you guys think? I don't have much. I don't know. I'm not sure. I haven't really focused on that sector or those particular businesses in general. Because mm -hmm. again, back to my philosophy, I'm, I'm not like in my mind – for me, my time is worth more necessarily than trying to handpick one of those stocks. For me, right now. But you said I, you said a, a fraction of your account is 
It's still hand-picked, yes, but it's going to be, for me anyways, it's more of those bigger companies anyways that I know yeah. are pretty sustainable. Yeah. Oh, so you have Google, Apple. Yeah, I mean, it. you have some of the big names that aren't going to be going anywhere most likely. So yeah. the Lockheed Martins, uh, you have the Visas, the Google. So, I mean, the Apples. I mean, I know for like, – there would have to be some major changes that would the whole world would ultimately see for yeah. me to then indicate, hey, this stock might be starting to decline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Compared to some of these other ones that I like, I would feel like I would need to every single day, or at least weekly at a minimum, be looking at the the value of that stock, depending mm-hmm. on how much I put in. And see, but that that's kind of going back to what I was saying about those Walgreens and Verizon stocks, because you would you could look at those and say, those aren't like you know, they, they kind of got pretty. Uh, Does Advance have advantages? like some of those? Like you know, when you go to AutoZone, they can check like see why your check engine light is on. Yeah, things like that. Do they have that at, at Advance? I don't know. I don't know, but I think so. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, certain stocks like that, it's it's tricky because. So would you say? I don't know if you know this or not. Like your average listeners, do you know? Are they more interested in? indexes are they more interested in a lot of them are st- everybody fi- comment <laughs> a lot of them they're more are, like, more in the stocks because yeah. they're like more our age got it so outside of breakdowns like more 18 to like 35 got so it. our age bracket like i said earlier we like to take a little bit more risk yeah i think because i think the majority of those people they look at it like sports betting or gambling they're not using it as like that's a we are in that sort of era too. they're not looking at it like long-term wealth building well do they yeah i mean um, many people think it's only for the rich so growing up, my grandma told me like when I first started investing back in 2017, she told me, "Oh, don't, like don't, don't get invested in that. Don't you know? Don't put your energy and money into that because that's just for the wealthy." But how what many is, people? What does aren't, that mean? Well, it means like we're we're not knowledgeable enough to make oh. money in in that. Yeah. But oh. in my mind, that came from a perspective and a mindset, but it also came from somebody who dealt with you know post depression. Like she was 91, yeah. 92 before she passed. Like she lived in an era and a time that I didn't. Yeah. So she probably saw different things and heard different things about the stock market that I didn't hear. Mm-hmm. But the same token, my point of that is like, I and plus the people, information wasn't out there. Like 100%. it was now. I think the other point of that is like a lot of people don't even they they see tickers, aka like the symbol of what a stock is or a company is. I'd be so confused when I was right, like exactly 10. like people don't know the fundamentals of it. What yeah. it is like here's a business. This is the proposed value of a business. Although it's free reign for people to buy and sell when they want, which can influence the the stock price. Mm-hmm. Based on its financials, that gives us a general idea of what it should actually be worth. Yeah. So not to bring housing back into it, but if we know, like if you bought a house today and let's say it's worth 300000 let's say 08, 09 happened again, would you sell it? Your house? No. No. Why would you not sell it? Because it's down 50 or 60% probably. Okay. And you know that the value should ultimately come back to what it should be worth. Mm-hmm. Right. People need to view, which they haven't, they need to view owning stocks or index funds, same whatever, way, yeah. the same way as a house. Mm-hmm. Just because the value might go down 20 or 30%. If you know, ultimately, like you wouldn't sell your house in that moment, you shouldn't sell your stocks in that moment. Because mm-hmm. otherwise you're just, you're taking a huge loss and then you're in a very. Yeah. Like, we try to like, e- but even with me, I try to like, like when a stock goes down like that 30%, I'm trying to like wait till it breaks even like a little bit. Well, at least back to even. What do you mean breaks even? Oh, you're saying before you're saying so for if you the comeback a... up to break even. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think housing is different though. I'm just using that as an example. People yeah. back to like the education side, people need to know what they're doing because if you see something decrease in value abruptly, your first instinct, because again, based on instincts, is survival. And so most people think, how can I 
preserve some of this capital that I put out. But see, I think, okay, th there's a difference there because I don't think housing is the same as stocks because housing is, people are expecting that it, to, how you said, ex like they're expecting it to return to levels where it should be more so than stocks. That's, yeah, because like, like it, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, people need somewhere to stay. At the end of the day, yeah. Like they're more, um, like stocks will fall 90%. Right, you're not going to get a bunch of houses falling ninety percent. So some stocks, but again, like what era of time are you looking at? Right now, okay. So outside, like the COVID era, for to, know, see, to see a stock go down ninety percent, I mean, you're talking beyond Great Depressionary type perspectives. Mm -hmm. So that's not normal, is my point. Or even eighty percent. That's that's not normal. Still kind of high. Which going yeah. back to what we were talking about earlier, that means again with somebody buying a house that should be only worth two hundred fifty, people were buying a house that was, should be only worth two hundred fifty, but were buying it for a million and a half. Same thing with the stock market. Mm -hmm. People were buying stocks that weren't like they had no business buying a stock. I've I fell prey to one of those things. So like Square now called Block. Yeah. Like that thing was going for almost three hundred dollars, yep. if not more, a share. So I remember when it started going down, I bought in at two hundred dollars, thinking, "Gosh, I got a steal." Right. But guess what? Now it's worth like sixty-seven bucks yep. a share. I fell into the same trap. So that's yeah. my point. Like to see something decrease that, like that is not normal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So people shouldn't like they need to be hesitant to think, "Oh, great, this stock is down ninety percent." Well, what out of the last fifty years of time, at what perspective of time are you looking at that data? Mm -hmm. to make a judgment and a good decision on where and how you're investing. But let's say, okay, worst case scenario, let's say the financial crisis of whatever, 2008, um, how much did those houses fall in value? I, I don't remember. Maybe you can look it up. I oh, want to yeah. say it's it's 50%. I, I, I mean, most people are underwater. So underwater means like they owed more than the house was worth. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, so that was huge. That's why there were so many foreclosures. I, and I, I, I don't think it's over. There's no way it's over 60%. I want to say it's. I mean, yeah, you could look up what, what was the average See, so depreciation that's, that's of houses during the 08, 09. That's much crisis. less volatile than stocks. That's why. But going back to your point, that's why I think people will sell stocks when they go down. Because it it's could, easier. It's well, easier to do it, too. It's, it is easier. That's one thing. It says 9.5%. Say it again? No. 9.5%. No. The no. house values only went down nine and a half percent. No, it, no, it was For like the last quarter of two thousand seven. Prices fell by a record nine and a half percent. Two thousand eight, wait to one hundred ninety seven. Yeah, but that's not that's not right. That sounds funny. <laughs> no, that's not, maybe they mean that quarter, but over the course of early just a cool quarter, right? So from so early maybe probably twenty percent it went down. I think if it's not even more. more than that. Yeah, more than that because it's uh, then another fifteen percent. Got it. Yeah, because I remember like hearing that. again, like because I'm. 30 and I don't know how you guys are but I'm 23 yeah so we again like just based on what we've heard before and outside what we can research on the internet like we didn't necessarily I didn't have to live through that as a homeowner mm -hmm. so when everybody enters everybody's coming into a market with different perspectives like again you guys are coming into that with the perspective of hey this is what was normal we saw a huge increase in valuations of these stocks to now 90% decrease but somebody yeah. else has come into the market 30 years ago maybe and saw different things you know what I mean right, yeah, true exactly so all these people are viewing things from a different perspective so that's why angle. the more time you have in the market the more experienced you are you have a better gauge of when is a good time to buy and sell and yeah but then that's why again Warren Buffett's buying he's always buy stuff mm -hmm. like waiting he, he's a value investor mm -hmm. so uh, from my understanding outside of like Apple because he's got a huge amount of Apple now but Apple you could I would ultimately, you could debate whether that's considered value or growth. Like it's, it's probably between. both. It's in between. Yeah. But he's big on, hey, how do I wait for these value companies who are, yeah. who do have good financials, who do have good, you know, book value, all that. 
wait till those in the stock market perspective decrease in value to then buy and hold that for th- I mean, think about it. The man's like 92 years old buying stocks with the anticipation of holding onto it for another 30 I know, years. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the mindset we need to have. Could you imagine you No, know, being- he might try to do like the Walt Disney thing. What Walt Disney thing? Okay, this is going to be t- kind of turned into like a conspiracy podcast. Oh, boy. Here we go. But you don't I like love it. You don't remember his, like his head being the downstairs floor of like Magic Kingdom? You never heard that? No. Oh, maybe. Okay, well, we'll they talk about the, it later. They say they, they, fr- they froze they his froze head. It. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. yeah. So being Walt, like Walt Disney the said? Yeah. Guy, yeah. <laughs> Get out it's of just here. Like a, it's like a conspiracy <laughs> slash theory thing that they got. I believe huh. it. And he's still functioning, talking. But Oh, no. I don't know about that. I like to see that first. Oh, man, that's funny. What, what if he just came back like 50 years from now? Hey, maybe he's in the AI universe. I know that could happen, could. too. Mm. Mm. Maybe, he, right. maybe he already had a chip put in his head. Okay, let's get back on track. <laughs> Next up on our list, we have Tesla, Ford, GM, and Lucid. Buy, buy some Ford, everyone. No. Why'd you so, say that? I'm a big fan of Ford. Are you? Yeah. yeah. Plus, they're right. going to be t- taking over the, you know, how, how many trucks do you see just on a daily basis while driving? Mm-hmm. Pickup trucks. Everyone, people like them. This is a pickup truck country. Yeah. And Ford is, is looking like they're going to take over the pickup truck landscape. I thought they're number one. Yeah, they are, but I'm talking about with EVs coming out, too. Oh, I don't know. I don't I don't think that. Pickup truck EVs? Yes, they are. I don't think so. I'll bet you money. Who? How much money? Who do we you got this on I'll here. bet you $5. Against who? 500 Who do you think? Did you hear everybody who say th- $500? I just said Ford. Oh, right. Like who do you this. think I'm going to bet my money on? Tesla's not making pickup trucks. Yes, they are. About to be. Yes, or, I mean, are. they already are technically. It's just not yeah. market yet. Yeah, but I know what you're. I know what you're saying. I agree. I mean, from the average person who's going to buy the oh, Cybertruck compared to uh, a, a Ford a, pickup truck, Ford that one. looks just like the F one fifty, the electric. Yeah, you got a good, you got a good case. No, I have an amazing. At least case. in our country, yeah, I agree. I mean, <laughs> okay, whatever. It. He's got the data about. backing him so far. That's all. I know he does. We got to go. Yeah, he does no, for F one fifties. Ford's yes. never made electric vehicles. No, no, no. no I'm saying from like historic. Historic sales, Ford has it in their for F one fifty, correct? Yes, but he's saying they're for making an electric, electric, but from an electric side. So. That was a conversation. Electric pickup right. trucks, right? So Tesla makes electric vehicles. Ford just started. Okay, but Tesla has not made of F one fifty. Right, they don't make F one fifties. They make Cyber trucks. <laughs> okay, but I know what you're saying. <laughs> oh my God, as the average person who has a pickup truck, would would they rather have a electric F one fifty or a Cyber truck? I think they're going to say they wouldn't want one that's electric. Okay. Anyways, the point of this was to look at why Tesla stock has gone up so much lately. And Ford and GM had to pay Tesla to use their supercharger network of, I I believe, $3 billion. That's why the stock went up. What would you like to add about Lucid? (laughs) Oh, I was going to say that they're down. And I think they're moving on to China. I'm not They're down, like, huge okay. into the EV space. Who owns, like, is Lucid? Where are they based out of? I don't know. I, don't I know, know they're either. backed by, they were, one of the early investors was a Saudi company. Yeah. Yeah. They had a big stake in it. I don't know if they're, they're and, I think uh, they're American, though. Yeah, but they came out trying to be like, oh, you see Tesla, but we're going to be the big competitors. Yeah. That's how it first started. Yeah. yeah. They were super overvalued, things like that. Like everybody else was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because what we talked about earlier, based mm-hmm. off of, hey, here's free money, and everybody, again, like you could borrow, like I'm not a supporter of borrowing on margin in the stock market, but mm-hmm. think about it. People were borrowing against themselves ultimately yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. at basically nothing. Everybody yeah. then reinvesting back into it based yep. on the borrowed money. Yep. 
I mean, that's why you saw those insane valuations. It, everybody was just making hand over fist. Yeah. So again, yep. for those who aren't big into investments, who haven't known before, that's a very scary time to be investing in hand picking. That was a bad also, time to get in. Depending on when you got in, yes. And well, no, were, I don't mean in terms of gain wise. It was a great time to get in money making wise. It was if a you bad started time. in like March, you know, yeah. March April of yeah. twenty twenty. Yes. Well, yeah, really, even even if you waited months after that, correct me. It took a while to, to get back up. Yeah. Yeah, but March was like March. That was, that was like, like the June. that was that the was bottom. The low. Yeah. 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 But it, I'm saying it went up for so long, you could have rode that oh, wave yeah. for a while. Yeah, but then everybody everybody feels it. You always have this sense of like greed of, oh, it's going to keep going. It's yeah. going to keep going. And again, not to like keep going back to indexes, but that's one of those things then. If you're just a buying, if, you're cap- if you take it from like a Warren Buffett perspective of I'm going to hold this for at least 30 years, then you can't really go wrong because you just keep adding to your positions. And see, in in August of 2021... That was before things had fallen. That was while we were still going up. And I remember looking at my portfolio, and I was—I barely had any cash. I was bought—I was bought into everything because I, you know, <laughs> everything was going up. So I remember saying, "I was like, this would probably be a smart time." I was like, "This market is not going to keep doing this for, you know, it, we're, it's going to have to come down something." And that was in August of 2021. And I took out a little bit of money. I barely sold anything. And I remember saying, "This is going to fall. I just need to wait and get cash." And then I like did it for like. Two weeks and I bought back in, and I kept holding and holding until a couple of months went by, and then depression. My, yeah, then then things just Did you say start, depression. Yes, then things <laughs> well, just started. Quite, yeah, <laughs> things just started falling and falling, and I kept buying like PayPal, like and Square and Teladoc and those companies you think might be good prices, but they weren't, and I lost tons of money. And that's where you go. That's back where I learned to, my lesson. Yep, and that's all you can do is then take the learn lessons and I'll apply it towards future next decisions. time it happens yeah and again depending on what you're like again for me especially like the older I've gotten now it's like okay I put a larger portion towards the long-term investments and I mm. have a smaller amount that I kind of handpick some of those questionable where's it going to be in the next mm-hmm. three or five years mm-hmm. again like the goal is to have anybody at the not I shouldn't say anybody because but our system does allow for most people to become millionaires you think in their so? lifetime 100% if here's like Best example is this. If you only invest $100 a month over 30 years, that's like $130,000 based on like an 8.5% return mm-hmm. in an index fund. Right? Mm-hmm. So very th- true. But I feel like because we're so – like this is a very capitalistic country and okay. consumerism type of country. Like s- s- saving money like for the average person just doesn't – So that's where yeah. we have to come in as educators. So even like with what you're doing as your stock talk, you guys have an opportunity. Like just as I feel like I have an opportunity in what I do professionally, and that's what gives me purpose and fulfillment, you guys can include that and incorporate that into what you're doing as well. Mm. Educating people on the fact, hey, if you do X, Y, and Z – because again, like it doesn't mean you have to all, the, all of a sudden shift away from consumerism, but it's how do you put – and how do you implement processes for your financial? You, you put the ten percent of your paycheck in the market first, and then you go and buy whatever you Correct. want after that. Pay yourself first. Yeah. So and that's what a lot of people just don't do. I mean, but but now a, a fraction of those people are going to tell you they can't. They're going to say they cannot afford to do that. But then you're going to ask them, oh, like you'll find out they have a brand new car, and then well, no, hey, no, I'm talking about for like people that are poor. I'm not define poor. Meaning they can barely get by. What does barely get by mean? That means they. That means, <laughs> I'm just. I'm. I'm kind of kidding with those questions, but I. Again, I'm saying like they're buying basic things like food, uh, a basic car, a uh, basic living space with basic, 
utilities, and yeah. they do they feel like they do not have an extra couple hundred bucks a month to put into the market. I get that. I think there's a percentage of people out there that are like that. But I also think so. Even with like what we we're talking about with stocks and how we look at stocks from a small snippet of history and time, mm-hmm. and then you're using that data and information to make decisions. Mm-hmm. We're also not making. We're we're viewing. Maybe I'm wrong. But a lot of conversations I have with people is they're viewing life based on the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. But what about our grandparents who came from a time where, I mean, I know my grandfather worked two jobs. Most of them did. Like, they just, like, they were workhorses. Mm-hmm. How many of us are willing to work two jobs? None of us. None of us are. Not, yeah. So how can we say the system's against us when we're not doing what we can to bump ourselves up to that point that's sustainable? So, I mean. That could be too. It is. Like, we have to be. We have to be willing to sacrifice different things, but a lot of us aren't willing to sacrifice. We see what our parents have that took years to accumulate and build, and then we expect ourselves, who just entered the workforce, to be in the same living standards. Well, guess what? It took them 20, 30 years to get to that point. So we need to be paid. We, all of us want to get rich quick. So back to the information about how people didn't have access to information back in the day. For better or for worse, we now have access to more information. And not only that, but it was harder to actually buy stocks back in the day you had to pay like 50 dollars just to buy a stock and you had to go through somebody else or whatever it was yes yeah my, my point of that is though like even with us now we have access to more information so we see all these other people who have all this money yeah or are billionaires and so now we feel like what do we need to do how do i get there fast enough yeah and if i have to work more than 40 hours a week well guess what like then it's odds are against me i can't succeed mm-hmm. but we need to be okay with the fact that maybe that means we have to do things that quote unquote in social media world isn't isn't very sexy or isn't very attractive. Yeah. Find a That's what I job. think is a big problem with social media, but not to like change no, I mean, the it's, topic it's still yeah. under the same guidelines of like yeah. how can we how can we as people in our country, how can we get ourselves and our families long term to a point of success financially? Yeah. I think yeah, I think building that that amount of wealth or that path where it go it, it goes down the generations of your family, that Correct. makes a big difference. And I think I'm pretty sure the statistic is like 80% of millionaires inherit inherit money, and that's I, I think I think it's the opposite. I'm pretty sure it was 80% of millionaires came from self-made millionaires. Yeah, they they came from middle class families. That's what I thought before too, but unless I looked up different statistics, but I'm but we I don't know. We it, have a computer right here. I know. <laughs> oh yeah, we do. I know. Look it up. I don't. I don't want to look it up. You look okay, it up. I'll look it up. You guys finish. I, mean, I don't finish. know if you do it all the time, but I mean it is. Uh... Okay, watch. Seventy-nine percent of millionaires are self-made. See? Right? Okay. Right. That's that's what I used to say too. But <laughs> it's it's literally right here. What I mean you used to say? I'm sure you can find multiple. Well, I mean, I to used to this. I used to say it because I read this. Okay. But then I read something else. What else did you read? I mean, there's always a concept. there. There's look a- at the look at the next link. Study so, shows twenty-seven percent of wealthy Americans are self-made. You see how there's a lot of contradictory things on here. The motley fool. Eighty-eight percent of millionaires are self-made. That's the next link. Okay, so, so I'd say okay. So two out of three, great. That's. Uh, <laughs> well, let's see what the next one is. <laughs> I mean, isn't that what like that's in the scientific side of the world? That's how they gauge what's like true or not based yeah. on the people. Like, this what says sixty-eight percent is is self-made. Okay, so based on all the the skew out of all the data, majority says most are self-made, <laughs> right? That's what it's looking like. You found something else? Well, this said in 1982 was 40%. 2011, it was 69. So maybe it's, yeah, it's always going to fluctuate. Maybe it's in, no, but my point is maybe it's increasing. Maybe now there's more self-made millionaires. In the past, there's been more generational wealth responsible for millionaires. That makes sense, yeah. And yeah. things always change. Like, the economy is never stagnant. Like, the economy always changes all the time. Yeah. Okay. Next up on our list, let's talk about Meta and Apple. 
headsets. How about that? No, we can't hear you. Okay, we have a new guest on the yes, show. Yes, awesome. <laughs> Unexpected. This is great. I can't hear him. Okay, okay, but did you see the? Um, did any of y'all see the press conference? I saw a, a, a the showcase a, a or whatever it's called. Clip of it, yeah. Of of uh, what's his name? Um, Tim Cook. Tim Cook. The yeah, great I Tim Cook. Yeah. Name. I saw a, a small clip of it. Okay, but yeah, um, <laughs> Apple showcased a lot of things, but the big thing is oh, real quick, fan, are you are you a fan of FaceTime? Yeah, I am. We all, we're all a fan of FaceTime, yeah. especially if you're the grandmother who lives in uh, New York. She's on FaceTime with the baby <laughs> all the time. Oh, that's beautiful. Hey, everybody. I'm Jed. I'm just uh, s- sitting in and l- love listening to you guys. Who's your guest? So I'm Luke LaRue. Luke, what do you do? So I'm a mortgage advisor and lender with a company called Fairway. And where are you out of? So the office is in Crown Point, and then I live in Munster. All right. Yeah, So how, that just was another moment to give you a shameless plug hey why not? i mean so you had to introduce still, yourself to me so you know hey, perfect i'm glad you're here Do we have any other guests? <laughs> Shut all right you know i have never sat with them and they've invited me a dozen times that's right and so uh you know i will have we'll have to make an appointment i didn't know you guys did this this early it was, you've always asked me to come in late on a sunday and mm. i'm like dude i go to bed at eight o'clock mm-hmm. so it's it, like well, this is kind of early, yeah, I guess. So. Did you get your degree? Yeah. In what? <laughs> you know it. Communication. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Nico? Yeah, I got mine. Feels like a long time what ago. What was it in? Marketing, unfortunately. And you're like marketing everything you could possibly market these days? You're marketing days? right now, though. Pretty yes. much, but it, ha- it doesn't help get with getting a job, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Most people don't get a job right outside. Yeah, of you know what? It takes time. You got to work in some other, you know, you people find, it's like water, it, you know, eventually you'll find your level. And it's character right? building. That's right. Let's hope so. Without it, you have to experience different things to get to the point where you're at. Exactly. Hey, did you guys talk crypto again today no, no, or no? no. no. That's, not, that's no. not on the list today. I'm trying to avoid it. Just that's kidding. banned from all d- discussion. Good, good. I knew that it would be eventually. <laughs> all right. Funny. Well, hey, thanks for letting me uh, drop in on you guys. I will I will extricate myself from the well, nice uh, meeting conversation. You. Nice meeting you. And what's the name of that, uh, bro- or that mortgage brokerage it's firm? Called, it's called Fairway. Fairway. Yeah. And you're in Crown Point. What is the exact address? 121 North Main Street. Oh, you're on Main Street. Right on the square. Okay, yep. cool. Well, nice meeting you. Yeah, you too. The great Jim Delo, everybody. <laughs> All right, let's go back to FaceTime. Yeah, so FaceTime? cool feature on FaceTime. You can now leave voicemail messages. That kind of went viral on the internet, too. Voicemail messages? Yeah. Oh, really? How is that going to work? So, like, huh. you can record a video, like, hey, why did you miss my call, you idiot? Yada, yada, uh-huh. yada, yada. Leave it as a voicemail. Interesting. Oh, wouldn't yeah. that be the same thing as just taking a video and me- and sending it to them? It's a little different because now Facetime is doing it. Got it. So it's just <laughs> like somebody leaving you a voicemail when you when you yeah. call, but now you're like it's Facetime call. Yeah. And then you just leave a short little snippet, but you can. Okay. I get it. I get exactly. It. I, I know what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Well, so who cares now? Let's go out to the big thing. <laughs> um, now they Apple has unveiled a big VR technology called Apple Vision Pro. Now Apple Vision Pro. Looks kind of cool. Looks neat. But the big thing was the price. Do we all know what the price is? Take a guess if you don't know what the price is. Of what? The new a- a- Apple Vision Pro. Oh, I think I saw it on some uh, articles like 3500 Yes. So that's, ooh, that was kind of loud. But yeah, $3,500. How are we feeling that a new Apple VR technology, this one's kind of weird too because if you look at some VR 
devices. Like they have different sensors on around, put on the room, different like that, with different games. Yeah, they even have a controller. I think Facebook, the Meta Pro has a controller too. Mm-hmm. This one, no controller. You actually use it with your fingers, your eyesight. So hmm. it looks pretty cool, but 3500 is very excessive. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of crazy. That's way too much. Well, I mean, we talked about this briefly. Yeah, we did. Earlier. I mean, based on a computer, back in the day when a computer was first introduced, it was mainly for businesses. So maybe that's what they're – it gets it into the market, but maybe it's going to be more business use that uses it first. Yeah, and we also got to say that's this is point. the first generation too. Oh, I did say it was like – it seems like a dev kit kind of. Like oh, it seems like a dev kit, but like available to the public too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so makes sense. It does look cool, but – So the question is how many people are going to be buying that without – trying to allocate money to investments to make money off of Apple. Hmm, and yeah. what does it Would do? Would you rather buy the Apple stock, put 3500 or buy Apple Pro Vision? It all Vision depends Pro. on what you can get out of purchasing it. Can you make $3,500 quickly if you buy it? Yeah. If, you can, if what you're going to use it for produces income to then reinvest, then absolutely. Yeah. If I buy a shovel right now and I don't use it, it's a waste of my money. If I yeah. buy a shovel and start offering to go to people's homes and plant, like whatever it is, if there's, then it's worthwhile. And that seems about the problem because it feels like, yeah, you could do some cool stuff. I see you could also, like with my MacBook, if I have it on, it can be like a display. Like it pops up so I could use the Vision, the VR for like a Mac, MacBook screen, kind of like a Bluetooth type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What does it do that the Meta one doesn't do? Um, I'm not sure what the Meta You know meta what? One. We should buy some. And come on here and show. just do it on the show. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder if they'll let us use one. We'll just return it. Let's go to an <laughs> Apple store. Do they have Meta stores? I don't know how that works. You just buy one online? <laughs> you go to the store, pick one up, but they're not available until next year. Okay. Well, then next Wait, year we'll they're do not, oh, So they're not out yet? No. Oh. I, I didn't think they, they want to give time for develop, developers to make new apps to with it. So oh, I could right. think, I'm thinking like March, April of 2024. Okay. Huh. Whatever. Yeah, I haven't really followed that side of the market too much. I mean, I was just kind of seeing my stock apps, like what's coming out, but I didn't really. Yeah. I saw it was coming. I just didn't know when. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's just kind of weird because, like, like like I said with the controllers, but you can use it with, like, your fingerprint. Like, it's like a pinch. Like, if you see, like, a message that pops up on the screen, you can look at it oh. and pinch it, like, go straight to it. So it's kind of like your phone. It's kind of How like, does it know your fingers is doing that? It, it has, like, a whole bunch of different oh, type of cameras, sensors, sensors oh. all on That's type crazy. of That's crazy. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. So, me- so, okay, that makes sense. So, so it seems like a cool idea, but How it's kind of the first looks? gen. 34. Four ninety nine. No, Facebook's. So oh, Facebook is a thousand. So that makes sense but for Apple's f- to be more. Then. Yeah, but Facebook also has some cheaper ones, like four, five, right. six. So, but but Facebook's is not doing all that. Facebook doesn't own Messenger and all no. that. I mean, well, Facebook owns Messenger, but not like Apple messages. You know yeah. what I mean? All that stuff. So Apple already has that ecosystem. Yeah, they're gonna. And another weird thing too, I saw bringing up FaceTime again. You can actually FaceTime people on the Apple one, and it's weird because, you know, like. You're obviously going to see p- people up on your screen when you have the thing on, talking to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what but are they going to see? <laughs> they're going to see like a 3D version of you, kind of oh, like really? on Star Wars, you know? Uh, like a hologram? Know yeah, about. like yeah, a hologram. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's weird. That That's was my weird. idea. <laughs> Too bad you didn't have the funds and the resources. I said that too. To I said it. Apple should do that two years ago. My uh, other idea for Apple is they, sh- they need to make the next feature of the iPhone offer air conditioning and heat. What? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? The phone like should for your, like for itself or for you? Both. Like the <laughs> like like the phone should have the, a built-in. The phone's in... gonna be like up here to to have a battery source to maintain that. Well, they now. they put they did a lot of uh they they have a lot of stuff in this little piece, so I'm sure Jesus. they can. Once the technology evolves, <laughs> oh my god, technology moves fast. <laughs> Next up, Apple 
HVAC and air conditioning, whatever. <laughs> built into the phone. So that way your hand can get cool or warm. And if the phone is overheating, built an AC system. Yeah, but um, my other question is, if say if you're at Google, any other company that's competing with Apple, what is on your mind after you see this? Like, do you want to start making your own VR type competitors, things like that? Maybe. Because it seems like Apple kind of made like their own new market with this. Who knows? I mean, yeah. my biggest thing is again is everybody else. Everybody in the market is coming at it from a different angle. Consumers, business. I mean, ultimately we're all consumers. But a business could say, "Hey, can I showcase? Let's say somebody's a home designer, like an interior designer. Can they walk people through? Yeah. Like, hey, come over to my, you know, come over to my studio, and mm-hmm. they could have already digitally." set up what their house would look like. I mean, yeah. there's so many interesting and cool like 3D renderings, yeah. all these different things. Like, So maybe for these people who are already in tune with this technology or want to stay – because ultimately every business has to find ways to stay a step ahead, right? So just as people, Apple, Microsoft, everybody's in their business trying to stay ahead in the market. You have other people with their own businesses. Maybe it's a realtor. Maybe it's a designer, you know, an yeah. interior designer. Maybe it's that- a landscape. Like whatever it is, they could then use that for their business right. to be competitive against other – Yep. People in their field. Yeah. So then maybe if I am one of those business owners, absolutely. $3,500, I get to write it it's off. It's worth it. Yeah. It's worth it. Again, now I'm making income from it because now I get to market this on social media. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, did y'all see that this, um, the stock price fell down like 3% as soon as they revealed the price oh, of it? Oh, did it really? Like it went Apple? up a little bit? Yes. And it fell right back down as soon as they oh, did the price. Oh. Well, I mean. For a business, it makes sense, but for a personal use sort of thing, I don't see it. Not yet. I don't but see it. I'm, again, I'm not yeah. like supporting it or against it. I just I'm indifferent to because again, from my perspective, what I do, like eh, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. I'm not eager to go put goggles on my face to go yeah I know. experience anything. But that's that's me. I can't. It's like what I want as a quote that's unquote consumer doesn't mean that's what majority people are yeah. thinking. But from my perspective, and I'd rather not do. I that. I mean, if it's like Ready Player One. That's one. That's one of my. That's favorite what the movies thing too. looks oh, like. Oh, that was the cool. Yeah, before yeah. like, I watched that movie. That, then times. I'd be interested in trying it. Like I, I, I don't play video games or anything, so I, I wouldn't do. But it But this still like regular. You could get an Oculus. That you kind of have that. that no, oh, he, wants, right. he wants one of those full tech suits where you feel yeah. everything. Yeah, that'd be yeah. cool. <laughs> that'd be cool. Yeah, that's they still got to make that. But um, yeah, the Apple one looks still cool. This is still the first gen. See, my idea for the hologram thing. Was I can't wait for them to s- slim it down, like how we talked about like earlier. Got glasses. Mm-hmm. If you have like oh, that, yeah. Sal, heck yeah, why not? Yeah, that would be cool. And then the technology will have sped up. And, and then it would be like yeah, a Netflix Classified. Mm-hmm. You remember that show? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, remember he had those glasses with the little thing on it and it had the screen? Oh, yeah, that's kind of like in uh, Spike Kids too. Remember Spike yes. Kids thing? Oh, yeah. Yes. That's exactly what it is. Exactly. Yep. Okay, like who it. wants to see what's up next on our list? I don't have a list. I think it's just <laughs> Saudi Arabia, right? Well, I, got oh, more. I don't know about you. Well, bring up Saudi Arabia real quick. Go ahead. Okay. Bring, bring it up. Um, sorry, ladies and gentlemen, but gas is going back up again. Yeah, it is up. It's like four bucks now. It's well, going to go up is, more. Yeah. Really? It's going to go up more. What, a million barrels a day they said they're going to reduce production Yes, in by? July. So what are we as a nation doing? Yeah, that's political. We don't have to talk about that, but yeah. Well, oh, yeah. You could bring up a p- pipeline or whatever. Yeah. Well, not pipeline, but yeah, there's always things you can do. Mm-hmm. Again, because that's part of inflation. Yeah. Right. So I mean, trucking. Trucking is. I think the trucking industry is a trillion dollar industry annually. So they utilize oil again, like from a business perspective. Even with like these goggles that are made, like what they had to justify that cost based on what innovations, development team, logistics, all that that goes into it. 
So even that then influences inflation, influences the price of things. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, which means then these decisions will influence everybody in our country because then even from the trucking side alone, the extra money it's going to take for those from the logistics side to get those goods to different parts of our country, particularly, it's going to cost more than that. Price will well, they should be pushed down to consumers. They should try using electric then. <laughs> what do you mean? Are you talking about an electric, electric truck? He's just trying to get his Tesla stock up. I see it. That's all he wants to do. <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah, the worst part. Uber, Uber's doing uh, it Imagine too. how long an electric semi truck has to charge for. Well, I think so. It's like even back to the VR headset. I think at some point when the technology evolves, it yeah. could, like, if you can buy an electric vehicle. And you know the battery at some points ninety five percent recyclable, and you know the battery lasts for a million miles. I think it's a no brainer. That definitely. So I think, but you're also only going to have a portion of consumers who participate in that and purchase it. And hmm. what are we researching over here? We are sir? researching how long it takes to charge a electric semi truck. And no, what is you, it? you typed in cyber truck. Is the difference between a oh, cyber truck a and a semi truck? Yeah. Uh oh, he's starting to sweat. I see it. I see it. <laughs> <laughs> 30 minutes for a fast charge. What do they call that? What do they call it? It's not a fast charge. What do they call that? Supercharge. That's it. Semi can travel up to 500 miles on a single charge. Recover. Only 500 miles? That's a lot. Well, it depends if you're in trucking. <laughs> in trucking? No, it's yeah, not. Yeah, not a lot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you're not doing, again, if you're trying to go from Chicago to Florida, that's a, that's a tough time. I mean, that means you you're only. You're charging like, <laughs> it's like 1,300 miles, 1,400 miles from Chicago to. Is it? That's like a lot Miami. of charging. So then you'd only stop two or three Maybe times. Maybe it's not that much, but gas is still king around for now. I guess. Yeah, for now. We'll see what happens. I think it's always going to have uh, I mean, so many things utilize oil. So even, so if, many, even yeah. if our consumer side, of, I mean, that's consumers on one side of things. What about, okay, so trucking, yes. What about ships? What about aircraft with military? I'm curious. I wonder how much oil military equipment uses. Mm-hmm. And I'm is that right? Because they're going to go to Ford and be all electric. I don't think so. <laughs> That's another thing. Ford is going to have a hand on the U.S. US government, too. So. I don't think so. Yes, they are. We'll see. I mean, yeah, I mean, corporate and politics have always been integrated, for better or for worse, for quite some time. Mm -hmm. I mean, right? I mean, we see a lot of policies shift because of that. Yeah. So that's a whole other conversation. I feel like we were talking about Saudi Arabians. Then you have to go back to Tesla somehow. Mm. Well, we talked about oil. We got to electric. Okay. Well, what's next on the list? I don't care anymore. <laughs> next on my list is Walgreens. Okay. Let's uh, talk about Walgreens, the great W. Walgreens. Um, Real got, quick. Am I the only one that like looked at those Washington Nationals hat and thought it was Walgreens? Mm, the what? The, na I know the Nationals. What you're talking about. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I have not, but I know what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Okay, you keep I see on. it now that you said it. Yeah, look at I it. I can visualize it, yeah. Keep talking, Nico. So Walgreens has another lawsuit with the o opioid crisis, and this one's mm. with New Mexico for $500 million. They had to give a $500 million to yeah. them. This, that, that, I think the, the last one was bigger. It was like a billion. Man, that is like the same thing. Oh, that's thing. the same. Who, who came out first? Probably Walgreens. I think Walgreens, yeah. <laughs> Let's see. When did this company come out? That's no, funny. they came out like Nationals is a new. It's not a company; it's a sports team. Right, that's what I meant. Like the eighties, nineties. He's trying to buy its stock. <laughs> no, well, the eighties or nineties. Yeah, Nationals is a new team. Really? These be the Expos, I think. Oh, okay. Well, if they're new, then that doesn't count. Yeah, well, they stole Walgreens. It's probably um, they probably have the same CEO or something. The same Maybe. CEO. 
That's probably what it is. Or probably his cousin or something. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe Walgreens bought them. Who knows? Yeah, that could be too. Okay, okay but Wal- Walgreens gave a $500 million, Well, had to pay $500 million. Lawsuit, yeah. Yeah. And they, they're having lots of problems. Not only the, the opioid crisis, but also that thing with California about the abortion pill. That lost them a bunch of business. They got tons of problems. Oh. I'm curious. What's Walgreens' revenue annually? I want to say $33 billion, something okay. like that. I can look it up. I don't know. For some reason, Walgreens seems Never like mind. a company. So Walgreens, what year is that for? 2022. So Walgreens had a revenue, which that means it should be after expenses. Mm. No, that's before expenses. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Anyways, $132 billion. So what's after? What's net? Like barely anything. That's the problem. That's why I sold the stock. It's like no more than $5 billion. Try putting net profit in. Just put net before. I'm curious. Na, 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 na. 2022. Come on, people. Four billion. All right. So yes, yeah, so five hundred million is pretty expensive. <laughs> that is very expensive. Does yeah. that sound right? Only about four billion dollars. Their margins are only two percent or something huh. like that. Well, I mean, not that that small amount, but I just thought it was gonna be larger. Four That's billion crazy. dollars. Hmm. In 2021, it was 2.5 billion dollars. Oh, they're going up. Yeah, but I mean, they got <laughs> yeah, <we're> fine. <laughs> they got bad margins. Okay, so, so are there funds that people can invest in, which gets them access to companies like Walgreens and other things? I mean, obviously, like you can invest in different index funds, which like on a very small scale. But I wonder if there's different funds that. What do you mean? You mean like the QQQ like or Spy yeah. or something? But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but like something even more specific to like this. Oh, like a pharmaceutical yeah. or something retail? Yeah, I'm I sure don't know. I don't know. It might be. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Would you Maybe. think that Walgreens is more of a recession-proof company? I totally would think so, yes. Yeah, think Actually, so that that leads me to uh, Dollar General. We need to talk about that, too. But yeah, <laughs> what you is would... with you and Dollar General? <laughs> I've never heard of it. <laughs> because... I mean, I've heard of it. I've never heard you talk about it, so this is the first for me. <laughs> because the stock fell big recently because uh, we could also we, we also talk about Target, but Dollar General fell big because they said inflation is high. Consume, they're, they're worried consumers are not going to be spending as much money. That doesn't make any sense. If anything, wouldn't they get more business from that? What do you mean? Of people not spending more money? Right. It's not. It's do- Typically it's, it's not. Cheapest, <laughs> it's the cheapest No, you can get. that's Dollar Tree. Don't it's the same the thing. It's the same that's thing. That's a little different. Okay, well, they're dollar stores. It's it's cheaper than- Dollar 25. Uh, supposed to be, yeah. Yeah, dollar, dollar 25. Whatever. No, I think that it depends on- I mean, there's so many different factors, again, that influence that. Like, if we're talking about Nordstrom or- Target or Home Depot or something different, then that makes sense. But we're talking about de- like a dollar store, like the cheapest. I, don't know, I mean, if you think about like, in terms of inflation, maybe those who shop, I guess in the last 12 years of inflation, 12 years, 12 months, I mean, those who are lower income have probably been hurt the most yeah. during this because their income isn't keeping up with it. Right. They don't probably have many assets. So they don't have stocks or other equities right. or necessarily real estate to combat that. So if they're not going to the dollar store, where are they going to buy stuff at? I don't know. Walmart? Right. I don't know. Walmart or the, or like the discount retailers. I'm not sure. Right. So that doesn't make any sense. I, I don't I don't see what they're talking about. I can't think of – I feel like it's more Dollar Trees that I see than Dollar General. I can't think of a do- Dollar General. They're both pretty – around here. I, I don't they're know. They're both not. popular. Huh. I don't know. That might just be because the area that we're in, Dollar Trees more – Yeah, I mean, think – but yeah, there's Dollar Trees all over the country, but we're yeah. at in each state and each county and all that. Yeah, I'm not sure. There's always a lot of factors. There's always a lot of gray areas that influence everything. See, he's like five. 
one is like four, three, four dollar trees in the span of a mile and a half. That's crazy. Huh. Yeah, I don't know what else 16, they'd be doing. 16,000 stores. Can I look up Dollar General? That's for Dollar Tree. Yeah. How many locations? 19,000. Huh. There's more of them. Maybe because they have too many stores. That's good. I don't know. Interesting. I don't know what to tell you about that one. Hopefully it works. I like Dollar Tree more, though. What's the difference? I don't know. I like it more. I see it more. Nothing. It There's more. no difference. No, I, I like the g- color green more. That's what I like. Uh, so is it Dollar General black and yellow? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wait. Yeah, it's black and yellow. Huh. Oh, you know what? Let's right. do a short survey with the three of us. Which color looks more like dominant and better? Yeah. Black and yellow or the, the now, green? Now, there's also one called Family Dollar. Hey, never mind. We're not doing that. Family Dollar? Oh, yeah. That's oh, like the yeah, red yeah, one. Yeah, that's the red and orange yeah. one, isn't it? Something like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's also that. I don't know. I still see more dot dot dollar trees out in the world. Though. No, I don't wait, know. Let's see. Yeah. No, let's check this. I'm pretty sure if we go to. But I feel like dot dot dollar trees are Midwest. Uh, starting in the Midwest. I, I might be wrong though. There, look. Dollar Tree completed the acquisition of Family Dollar in 2015. They also own Family Dollar. Mm. Oh, so that's another one. With more than 13,000 stores. Crazy. Now Target had a problem. Also, oh, Dollar Tree has the what was 16 plus to 13. Yeah, I think so. So they're a bit bigger company then. I huh. think so. Interesting. Hmm. Target's problem now is different. Target's first thing they had, they got a couple problems. They got the inflation problem, but then... The, oh, yeah. Did you see the news with the LGBT, LGBT stuff? LGBT stuff. All that, all their merchandise that was LGBT themed. It was kids. Um, They had a bunch of kids, wear. kids, LGBT. Right. So I don't... So then what happened was the conservative index funds or the conservative hedge funds... They like all sold billions of the dollar. They all sold off the stock of like billions of dollars, and the stock went from like one sixty to one thirty. It's at like one thirty now. So that was the first piece. Then Target said, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna take out that merchandise merchandise, and now they're gonna lose billions of dollars from that." So I still bought the stock though because I don't care. I I, I, I know I know <laughs> I Target's Target's gonna come back, so I'm not worried. How you feel about Target? About Target? Mm-hmm. I mean, outside of the political stuff, um, I would consider another recession-proof stock for the most part. I mean, people need goods. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the general stuff. I mean, the everyday things that people need. But I would think they're less recession-proof than something like a Walmart or some of these other ones. Uh, or the dollar no, because, store. No, you still need Target because Target has – you can get food from Target and clothes. And Walmart, well, I mean, think about it. I mean, Walmart's every, the same way and it's cheaper. There's different Not that in- much cheaper, though. Yeah, it is. You can – Walmart compared to Target? Yeah. Walmart's way cheaper. I don't think it's that comp- yes, cheaper it is. than Target. Target does not have that much options, and Target stuff is not... I've Target, always, you I've can do price at, matching, though, can't you? I don't know. I've I always looked at Target as more like the upscale to, yeah. to Walmart. Right. I mean, when you walk in at Walmart, it's like dimmer than it is Target. So yeah, like Target. right. Their lights are... They got yeah. better lighting. Like, is, am I going blind? <laughs> uh, no, the bananas are probably twice the cost <laughs> at Target than they are... Walmart's like things cost like 30 cents there. Target's yeah. like, oh, you want these bananas? $8. So there you go. So then add multiple. Add Walmart, Target, add some of the dollar generals to your account, and it's kind of recession-proof. Again, as long as inflation comes back to like more of a historic so rate, I think it then, will. Yeah. yeah, then these companies will be fine. Again, well, like, like we went through a very strange period of time. Very strange. Very. Well, it's similar to the 70s. No, there's not, nothing is, like COVID. 
this well, is not very COVID, different. but I'm saying you're saying from an inflationary e- perspective, economic wise. Well, wasn't the '70s also part with whole oil and right? And else? we're having problems with that too. I get. I feel like societies. When I say society, are we've always cycles. like cycles. There's always a cycle. Yeah, yeah, there's always a cycle to everything. But when you had half the country and half the world shut down due to COVID, like why do you yes, say half the country? Wasn't it all of it? I'm so, I, I'm just throwing a number out there. I mean, if, oh. you, if you're considered non-essential, what's a non-essential <laughs> worker? I don't know how many. What was the population like? What okay, what number get, of people okay, were yeah, considered gotta, essential versus non-essential? You got a point. Yeah, I thought, I thought that's it, funny. Like the yeah. whole country just didn't stop. If it stopped, then you wouldn't have food to eat. Okay, you're right. I guess oil wouldn't have been at your gas yeah, station. Yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. You know what I mean? Healthcare workers were still being people used. were still chugging along, whether they wanted to or not. But you had to wear a mask. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> Good okay. times. But yeah, so I mean, again, that then influences inflation and everything else. I mean, how, so not to get off topic, but even with like the Federal Reserve, the Federal Reserve has a big lever to influence influence inflation. Yeah. But in terms of like, am I boring you, huh, Nico? <laughs> no, <laughs> Just this kidding. is interesting. No, but like with, with <laughs> it's pro- the rain outside. With productivity, like that's a huge factor that also influences inflation that people don't always talk about. Yeah. So people think, oh, the Federal Reserve can completely handle this. Well, no, because if our if we're not doing things to support productivity mm-hmm. as a nation and as a society in general, globally, mm-hmm. well, then infl- based on our fiat currency, inflation is going to skyrocket because if we aren't producing goods and services at a scale, again, if we're not supplying those things at a scale to meet with demand, that also causes inflation. Once we lower demand enough. But what does that mean? That means super high interest okay, rates. Okay, but what happens then to standard of living and everything else? Because based on what you talked about earlier, we're a very consumerism, like consumerist Based, society. Yeah. So if you make it difficult to consume, 70% of our economy is consumption-based. That's a pretty yeah. large amount. So if you completely hemorrhage that, you're going to have a problem. You're saying we pretty much wouldn't have an economy, pretty much. If we weren't consumers? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dissipate quite significantly overnight. <laughs> So you want the you want the demand there. You need. I mean, no, we like, need it. Yeah, you need it, and you like the desires again. Like this is right. I'm a firm believer that there's a lot of gray areas. So in our society, to consume more means we are happier people. Somebody in a different country would be like, I don't need to consume, and I'm I'm still very happy. Mm-hmm. So that's just where like there's always discrepancies in that. But based on our desire and our definition of increased standard of living, that means our income should be increasing. When our income increases, in our mind, that means we can consume more. So in Americans' eyes, if I can't consume more, that means my standard of living has decreased. True. Yeah. Therefore. But like in other countries, they still got to buy like food and housing. I mean, not every country has access to that. <laughs> but I, I get what you're saying, yes. And generally, in a general developed well, nation, yes. 100%. Everybody, yeah, that is How the many goal. countries is there where the people don't eat there? Everybody eats, but I'm saying, but how do you get your food? How we, we go to a supermarket yeah. and a restaurant, which they have their supply chains and logistics to provide that. Which is what? the majority of countries. I mean, maybe the majority of countries doesn't necessarily mean the majority of people. I mean, I would have to look up the details and like the stats on what majority of people are considered, you know. They go, you're wrong, he's right. How am I wrong? I mean, Americans only make up roughly 3.5% <laughs> of the world's population. Are you saying population. the majority of the world's population hunts for their own food? No, I, I was just joking, though. But I'm saying <laughs> us Americans, we buy stuff. Like, we have to buy something new. This right here is not is an expense, honestly. Having to buy a $800-plus phone, mm-hmm. that, that's an expense. Actually, then circling completely back to what we were talking about earlier, then based on why we think we can't get ahead, in our mind, consumption is 
standard. We got to um, have, yeah. We have to have. I'm a big believer on, because like most people are like, hey, here's my income. Here's my expenses. Always follow suit. My goal for a while is like, hey, how can my income keep going up and how can I maintain expenses for a while? But a lot of people don't think in those terms. They think, hey, as long, as the more I'm making, the more I spend. The more yeah. I can buy. The yeah. more I can buy, which means you never get above and you never get ahead because your income is always meeting yeah. or barely maintaining your True. living standards and desires. Yeah. Not to then go back to housing. So housing, like the three biggest expenses are housing, transportation, and food. Yeah. So I know you and I had talked before at the restaurant about like Grant Cardone and all that stuff. Yeah. And obviously people could say the same thing about me. Oh, you're supporting what you do in your industry. But for those who only rent for their entire lives, how do you ever beat inflation? So let's say this. Let's say your rent always goes up 3% every year, right? Because mm -hmm. again, as a business, which landlords, you can determine them as businesses, they need to be ensuring that their income meets or exceeds their expenses, right? Mm -hmm. So if people are only renting their entire lives, typically you're going to see rent go up most likely at a minimum, especially in the last few years, at a minimum 3%. Mm -hmm. Let's say for the average person, their income only goes up 3%. Based on that, that you, one of your biggest expenses, if your income is only being maintained based on your expenses, you're not actually getting ahead of the curve. Mm -hmm. You're just keeping up with the inflation. Your, your standard of living actually does not increase. Yeah. So people think, oh, I'm getting a raise this year. Unless it beats out inflation, what you're being increased from a rental perspective, et cetera, yeah. you're actually your standard of living can be going down. Right. Hmm. Based on purchasing power. Yeah. So which, is the, just, which I think is the part of the problem the last couple of years with the inflation we've had since COVID was the, yeah, our, the our, food, everything got more expensive, right. but I don't think wages They tried up. to, but then that kept on causing, like, companies were trying to combat that to maintain their labor and to maintain yeah. their business operations which obviously that was a huge factor that they were trying to determine, hey, if wage growth keeps happening, this is also what caused the, I mean, that's just one indicator the feds were looking at. If wage growth keeps going up, what else do we have to do to combat inflation? Right, that's going to hurt, that's going to make inflation higher, right? Correct. So the real key is to get that, to get the wage growth going up, but keeping like... I think the biggest key is to have people investing in equities and assets hmm. so that they can get ahead of inflation. And because inflation happens regardless because of our fiat currency, mm -hmm. right? Like money has an infinite supply based on how our current economic system is set up. The Fed can print as much as they want. But they don't have to. But they have. Like it hasn't stopped. And so like they got off the gold standard and that was like 1972, whatever. And ever since that, we just, they've determined, hey, we can print money with basically limited repercussions. Well, based on different cycles we've seen, there are repercussions, especially how you do it and what else happens in your economy and society. Mm -hmm. So because of that, how do we get people who are listening to realize, hey, I need to be investing in assets because if I don't, based on how our current economic structure is and based on the standard increase of what prices do from housing transportation and food if i'm not investing in the assets i how do you get ahead mm -hmm. you, 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 the only way is to make more money is to make more money and if yeah. you're not making at least three percent plus every single year chances are you're not getting ahead which and most of the time that's going to mean working more hours versus getting a raise but what we just talked about most people aren't wanting to do that so how right. can you expect us as a society or our generation to get ahead if we're not willing to do things that we know a system again i i think we have a great system but people need to know how to fully utilize it to get ahead. So like, that's why I'm big into like buying a home. If we know that housing is one of your biggest expenses, why would you want to rent for your entire life? Knowing that that every single year, it's most likely going to go up. That means every single year you can't, you have to then readjust your budget based on what your future expense yeah. is going to be on so you housing. Think, you think renting 
is always a bad idea. It's not always. If you're going to live somewhere for one year or two years, like why does it make sense to go through the closing costs and everything else to buy a home? If you plan on staying somewhere for three plus years, then typically, historically, your appreciation should then exceed what your expenses are to purchase that home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But then at least compared to renting, if you lock in at a fixed rate, Hey, if you, most people move, especially in our generation, we're movers. Like we, we like, we're like nomadic. We go everywhere. Like we don't like to stay somewhere very long. You told long. us you've been to Montana, Georgia. Well, Georgia, Rex Chicago. <laughs> yeah, not Montana. I've never been there actually. <laughs> but no, like seriously, like we all want to like in our, especially in our. Yeah, because, I want to move. Well, because of what we see on social media and everything else, like it's our mind, like we're always missing out. So we always like want to keep doing different things. Yeah. But so like ignoring that, let's say you decide, hey, I'm going to move somewhere and just live somewhere for 30 years. You, because we know inflation keeps going up. Do you really think if somebody bought a house today at 250,000 outside of escrow, which is full of like, it's got taxes and insurance outside of that, that fluctuates when you come in at your purchase price of your home, your mortgage on a fixed rate is set at a certain amount. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Outside of your taxes and insurance fluctuating. That means based on the next, I mean, our, the best example is look at the past 30 years of homes. Look what your parents bought their homes for and what they were paying yeah. per month compared to what now people are having to buy or rent out for now. But the Very problem true. is there's still people who buy at those prices, like you're talking 30 years ago, and they put that, they put that amount of money into it, but it's the house still isn't paid off because of interest. What do you mean? Like 30 years? Well, I mean, most... Like they put that 150... Let's say they put 150 grand and they bought the house at 150 grand yeah. and they put that in, but due to interest, 20 years later, they still owe a bunch of money on the house. I'm I'm a little confused. I mean, yeah, there's always interest when you acquire. I mean, that's how the market works. So, you, mm-hmm. but when you're borrowing, there's always interest. Most people get 30-year fixed mortgages. It means mm-hmm. it takes unless you pay additional per month towards your principal, it'll take you the full 30 years to pay down your house. Are you talking about the the taxes or the interest on the house? I'm saying I think there's people who even after paying 150, like they owe more in the house than what it's worth. I mean, if you're in an area, like example, I. If all of a sudden Munster or wherever everybody lives, tons of people started moving out and I never moved out and the value of my house goes down. Yeah, that, right. Well, then, of course, yeah, I'm going to be paying ex- more than what the house is worth. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, in those extreme cases, absolutely. But if you're in an area that has substantial growth, it's a healthy community, it's a safe community, there's growth. Well, yeah, it's a pretty safe assumption based off of where you live that there's going to be people requiring housing. Mm-hmm. Therefore, the value of my house should increase. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So unless like that's a severe case, so unless you're buying in a house and you stay there and you don't move out before, I mean, that'd be like an area being a very nice community that's safe to all of a sudden changing in five or 10 years. That just becomes. Okay. But when you like refinance it, how does that affect it? I mean, if you refinance it, say people right now are buying a house, it's right around 7% to, for the interest rates for the rate. So that means then, and let's say 12 months rates are 5%, you get to refinance into that new rate, Yeah. which means what you're borrowing. So again, what you're borrowing Based on that rate, you're paying more towards interest. Yeah. So you want mm-hmm. your rate to be lower so that you're paying less towards interest per month. So, so the that only benefit time, people. So the only time you would refinance is if interest rates are lower now than when you bought it. Typically, yeah. yeah I mean, okay. there's obviously always factors of why people might want to refinance or do a cash out refinance if somebody's cash strapped or something like that. Like there's factors that may cause people to consider it. But if you're looking at it from like a cost savings perspective – there's no point to pay money up front for closing costs to refinance into a higher rate. They're just saying, Hey, let me spend more money per month. Towards. Yeah. It mm-hmm. doesn't make I sense. Yeah. So hmm. yeah, there's a lot of opportunities out there. What else on the list? <laughs> I love it. He's like, get back. Um, <laughs> I put that in the last six months, the market's up 36%. Oh yeah. I did see that. Yeah. 
That's a, that's a lot. That's huge. That's well, significant. Yeah. That's a, that's a ton. That's why I don't even see how the market could. One, I think it's going to fall significantly, but I don't see how it could get any higher now. By the end of six months from now, I don't see how it could be much higher. I don't see how that's realistic, because thirty six percent is a, is a lot. Well, well, I feel like the tech side went up pretty significantly in the last three months. Mm-hmm. But value stocks have paid stayed pretty steady or even declined a little bit. Yeah, like, that's like the Dow stocks. I, I always felt like, not felt like, but I feel like I always see like it it shifts. So in the market, you'll see. Oh, yeah. Uh, with, yeah right? So like a lot of money is going to go towards tech. And in the meantime, you're seeing some yeah. of the value stocks decrease. And when it's overvalued on the tech, they start selling that out, taking their profits, and then people start investing in more value. Yeah. Back so you just gotta, cycles. It always cycles back and forth. You just got to be on the, the right side of the At the turn, right time. Yeah. Or you just keep investing in both and you make money. <laughs> that too. That too. Keep uh, a balance. Keep, keep a, a balance. balance. Yep. Balance is important. Yep. I like it. Anything else on the list? I put... Um, I feel like this is a long episode. I don't it was, know. How long was this? I too, don't know. It's got to be at least an hour and a half. I think Jeez. my... Um, you said something about hour and a half too. That's just funny. <laughs> my two picks were... Um, UPS and oh, Pool Corporation. Those are my two picks. Pool Corporation. I heard of them. They make they're the number one largest uh, supplier to retailers of pool materials, hmm. and they do the majority of their business is actually from pool maintenance. It's only like thirty five percent is like the pool products and stuff, but the sixty percent something is from just oh. maintaining the pool. So it's got a good. I feel like it's a you know. Like, not everyone has to buy new equipment and stuff for their pool. They might not have to remodel, but they will have to do basic maintenance work. So that's why I think it's a pretty good investment. Would I rather get that company or buy a pool? <laughs> well, the pool corporation... That's the difference between consumerism and being an investor. Right, exactly. Invest first and then consume. <laughs> or do both. Yeah, but... Um, if possible. I don't think I got any stock... Oh, I said Ford. But I, I don't even know what the price of Ford is oh at. My God. It I might be on like that. a 10-year high. Own, I'm saying buy it. Do you own a share? No, I bought I will. Oh, my God. You can't recommend it if you don't buy it. Okay, I'll buy it right now. Well, I, I, <laughs> oh I can't do it now. I'll do it tomorrow. It's after hours, yeah. yeah I'll do it tomorrow. I'll, yeah, I'll do it tomorrow. Okay. You can put a pre-market order in. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, until, the, until you own a share, you can recommend it on the next episode. You can't do it now. I already recommended it. <laughs> Does it well, count? Well, no, not recommend. I advise. Advise. Uh, yeah, you educate. Highly suggest. <laughs> I like that. You just provide education, right? Exactly. What, what about we, you? What, you? what about me? What's your pick? I'm adding value right now. No. <laughs> What's your stock pick? Um, I've liked realty income. Okay. Is, it, is that ticker O? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen that. And then um, VIG and SCHD. What's VIG? Those are both like value-based index funds. Okay. So My only thing against some of those is they it average takes too long to go up. Yeah, I know. Well, they average <laughs> such smaller returns than like the Nasdaq. I think that's where like you diversify a little bit. I guess keep a balance. Oh, man, back to the balance. I like it. I guess it depends on your horizon too. So that's okay. yeah, it does. Right, it does. But as long as you're you know gonna need the money in in over five years from now, then you might as well do the Nasdaq. Yeah, I mean, look at even people that bought the peak of 2020 before it fell in March or in uh, yeah in March April. Mm-hmm. They're they're up. They're already yeah. back up. Yeah. Outside of maybe the tech side of things, because if you look at the Nasdaq, the Nasdaq still hasn't completely gotten back to its high. Well, not to the 2021. That's high. my point, though. So depending well, on where you, what though. depending on what right right stocks you're looking at or what funds. So yeah. 
But it's like the Nasdaq almost did twice the performance of the of the of Spy. That's why it's like you might as well spy Nasdaq. It's, yeah, it's tough. That's why you just keep on adding to your positions. <laughs> keep on adding, best you can. Yeah. That's what I do. I mean, that's what mo- majority of people do, unless you have the time and the resources and the education to be picking. Like for the average person, you should just sock away as much as you can. Yeah, I think it might be the best way. What's that? Might be the best way too. Yeah, until you start, like especially if you're first starting, start with that, and then as you start to understand more and how the market works and how it shifts and what influences what sectors, mm-hmm. then you can start to really handpick. But until then, it's like, hey, just pick the VOO. It's the standard S&P 500. You have the 500 largest companies in the world based in there. Like, how do you go wrong? So if I give you like a million dollars right now, how would you split it between <laughs> real? Oh how would you split it between real estate and stocks to invest? Real estate and stocks to invest like, right now. If you had to yeah. invest like all the money by the end of this year, what percent would you put into properties and stocks? That's a great question. I'd probably I'd probably split it. Fifty-fifty. Yeah, hundred percent. That's good. Because yeah, the more I've gotten involved with real estate, I just realize it's a. Uh, I mean, everybody has to live somewhere. Mm-hmm. I told you, everyone needs a place. It's, it's, I mean, again, as long as you're invested in a good area that isn't going to be hopefully seeing any negative trends based on, again, we talk about good schools, good neighborhood, like safe. Like those are the big things of why people move places close to a decent city. But do you think like those cities where they had all the people leave, like Chicago, San Francisco, um, New York City, are those going to be good opportunities now? Are people going to move back to those areas? It's tough. I mean, I can't determine the behaviors of everybody. I mean, yeah, there's obviously factors that can both support and deter people from making those decisions. So some, again, like some might determine, hey, this is now an opportune time because the values of the properties have decreased. So yeah, let's go ahead and invest. That's what I think too. And I think because of the boost of um, online jobs, people would like want to go back to the cities because, hey, maybe my job is, I don't know. How does it make any sense? What do you mean? <laughs> they did the opposite. Usually, if at least from what happened, if they had, if they had the mobility to work remotely work from home, they got out of the expensive cities. Yeah, because usually people will move closer to the cities because it just makes transportation easier, or shorter. You know what I'm saying? That makes sense too. Yeah. So like when they were, they did have mobility to work from home, then they. But does that just mean those big cities are going to be ghost towns then from here on it out? It depends on the city. I mean, every city's so different. I mean. One thing I saw Chicago was doing is they took like a big s- street of office buildings that used to be, and they're making it into an entertainment facility thing now with yeah. like a stages and stuff. So maybe they do more stuff like that. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, look at how there's malls in our country who've had a shift from like the standard malls to, again, like what we talked about earlier. I don't know at what point of this two-hour conversation, I know. but <laughs> like, you know, the economy is never the same. It's never the same. Everything yeah. is very different. Three, four, five years. I mean, look at the iPhones. I remember I had a little flip phone when I was like 15 from Nokia. And now, and now we have, I mean, this was this. Six-year-olds have phones. Like what's that. here in our hands that sits in our pocket when we're walking around or in somebody's purse, like that used to be in a like a auditorium for a, mm-hmm. a fraction of what the capabilities that mm-hmm. this does now. Mm-hmm. But my point of that is like the economy is always shifting and changing. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So diversification isn't always a bad thing, especially if you don't know, especially on the tech side. So, yes, there's projected like, hey, there's a great opportunity for growth. But because it's a quickly changing landscape, what's relevant this year might not be relevant next year. Somebody may have upped them into that same industry. And guess what? They're not worth yeah. a fraction of what they're worth. So, hmm. All right. I like it. Good stuff. 
That's it. I, th- I think it's time to make this conversation. I think we hit one. every topic. Yeah. My head hurts. Just kidding. <laughs> we, actually, we actually didn't talk about crypto. You want to spend another hour mm, on crypto? Why don't we do another episode on crypto? <laughs> okay. That's yeah. right. Let's have a round of applause for episode 50. Yeah, this is good. It's good. It's good. You guys you got are great. Any, uh, I'll stay. Only took us two and a half years to get to this episode. That's not bad. No, thanks for having me on. This is fun. Thank you. I'm I about to start conversations. Crying. It's okay. Oh, you know what? That's a good. That's a good cue for you to say. Oh, invest in uh, Kleenex or something. You yeah, know? I need some Kleenex too because my allergies. Mm. <laughs> God. And where do you get your allergy? Where do you get your allergy medicine from? Walgreens. Look at that. And how do you get there? In your Ford. Full full circle. A lot of people like CVS better. Who's a lot of people? You talking to your family? <laughs> like we're getting this data. From? I've 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 taken from <laughs> what I from what I've heard from people. Uh. That's a I, very small amount of data from a very large data pool. <laughs> I guess. I think, I think now when you look at the numbers, though. What numbers? Look at CVS <laughs> just playing, numbers dude. and Walgreens numbers. Oh, that's funny. <sighs> By the way, I haven't known this whole time. Which camera are we supposed to be looking at? Okay. Whichever one. You don't see us on the TV? I, you know, when I look at the TV, I don't remember. I can't see myself. When I look at the TV, I can see myself. But then when I look back up at the camera, oh, yeah, yeah, it's the- like, well, which one was it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, well. I'm directionally challenged. Hey, but at least you're you. Thank you. That's all that matters. Yep, thanks. Maybe I'll be invited again. This was fun. Of course. Yeah. Sweet. Nigga, you got anything else to add? Or, we, or can we leave? Can I go home and yeah. watch, I don't know, something? Something. Yeah, I'm so, going to go. I'm going to watch All American. Nice. I like it. You still watching that? Well, yeah, that season five just came out. Good for you. Good for you. All right. Sweet. Good stuff. Thank you all for tuning in to episode 50 of Stock Talk with Josh and Luke. You all have a good one. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. You all have a good one. Um, what's our Logan slogan? What's our Logan? Yeah. <laughs> to greener, days ahead. Oh, Bye-bye. I like that. Nice. I like it. Bye-bye. <laughs> See ya.